Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. On this week's episode of Damsels in the DMs. Dear Damsels, I've been talking to this guy from Hinge for about two weeks now. I really love where the conversation is going, and I love the connection that we have formed. I'm still waiting for him to reach out and ask me on a date. Do you think I should just give up and find someone else? I'm now thinking that he doesn't really like me, but just wants someone to text with because he's bored. What should I do? Sincerely, not looking for a pen pal. This message is intended as a reminder that we are not licensed professionals, not psychiatrists or psychologists. If you have a serious problem, please seek professional help. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. There's some damsels in the DM. Yes, queen. <laughs> Tell us what's the vibe. Uh-huh. What's the there's some damsels in the DM. Yeah. Yeah. Please tell us what's the vibe. DMs, DMs, yeah, we see them. Yeah, we read them. DMs, DMs, we don't need them. We just leave them. Please. Yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. I'm Lauren. I'm Ash. And I'm Alejandro. And I am on my new Zoom setup. I have been waiting for them to log on, just sitting here taking pictures of myself. Today is Labor Day. No, day after Labor Day, September 6th. Please check my social media for photos of my new Zoom setup because I am so excited about it that I I might even post it. I'm like freaking out about it. Um, My desk is now its own ring light. And that's, that's enough to make me excited about moving to New York. And I fully mean that. If that's a reason why you want to move to New York, I'll take it because that just means that you're loving New York. Oh, I didn't I, I didn't go that far, but I am loving it. <laughs> that yeah. means you love New York way more than LA. And I, you know what, I'll take it. No, no, definitely not. I miss the palm trees. I miss how the weather changes like midday, the way LA starts kind of like dewy in the morning on the walks and then midday gets like hotter. Um, I miss the breezes. I could say, I could go on. I was going to say, is Ernie making the new vibe too? So Ernie is in Philadelphia because I will tell you guys one thing. I have been over committing myself a little bit. I know this is like such a surprise to you. You've never heard me do such a thing in my life. So classes don't officially start until next week, like on Monday. So this week it's something called like, I don't even know if this is interesting. It's called criticism week. Essentially they call it crit week where like the films that you film this year are like criticized um, by the faculty. One thing I will say is that like, I'm going to have to start making projects. So you guys should come to New York so I don't have to find new actors for my projects. Wait, what do you mean the films that you filmed this year? It's it's Crit Week this week. So how are they going to criticize? So not my films, but the films that the second year students have made. So we like don't have class this week because we can sit on and see like the criticism that we're going to get next year when we make those same films. So our, like, I have my first class on Friday. So we had like a really intense orientation week, but now I'm like chilling this until you have a little bit of a break before shit hits the fan base. Right. Like it's, I mean, it's to my benefit to go listen to the criticism, but I'm having myself a little personal day today, you know, to talk to you guys and film some auditions. Love it. I love it. We really miss you. I feel like I can, well, I'm not in LA right now, but when I was there, I I just could feel your like the, the la- like the void. I'm already <laughs> so many ways to come back to LA. So don't you worry your pretty little head. At least for two projects. And then my dad wants to come for some USC games. USC won this weekend, fight on. So I, I can't let that go. Fight on. Yeah, no, the energy definitely feels different. I remember Aww. after um your last dinner, it was like it was like a like a punch to the gut of just like oh my god like just these feelings of like excitement of course because you're doing amazing things and this is a new milestone that you're embarking on but um yeah the energy has shifted well people are saying to me they're like oh like how are you liking new york like are you settled like you're gonna fall in love with it you're gonna be here and i'm like no 
the second I'm done with this program, I am going back to LA. Like <laughs> I am an LA person and I will be returning to my grounds. <laughs> Those winters though, I'm just like, oof. I feel like with the heat wave that we're having over here now, I'm curious to know what the winter is going to be like in a few months. I mean, on your end, because oof, I don't know. It's also raining a lot right now, which is kind of nice. I'm like, okay with the rain. It reminds me of um, Philly because it used to rain a lot in Philly. So um, I'm back home in London, which is a big trip because I haven't really been here in a long time. And I'm back in my study room that's been we're in like the attic which has been converted into like, there's no kids here anymore. So no one needs to study. So it's been converted into like a semi study room, semi guest room. And it is definitely a mind trip being back, but it's also raining so hard as expected. It's London. Um, but we had like a torrential downpour two hours ago and downstairs we have like a conservatory, which I don't know what you guys call in America, but it's like a, a room where the ceiling is like glass. It's all glass. Oh, that's it's a cool. greenhouse. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. So I was like standing in that, just like listening to the rain. And I'm like, wow, I'm such a Californian. Like I am like, whoa, rain. <laughs> I love that we're recording this episode on three different time zones right now. And objectively, like the coolest cities in the world, right? Like LA, New York, London, certainly the only ones that I'd live in. <laughs> I definitely agree. I can't wait to make it Paris, but you yeah, know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, speaking of taking chances and moving across, have you guys ever taken a chance to ask somebody on a date first? I I struggle with this. There have been times where I was like, "Oh, no, I'm going to I'm going to be coy and I'm just going to see how things go." And then it's nice to just take a leap of faith and just be like, whatever, I'm putting this out there and I'm going to see how it goes. And if I fail miserably, then whatever. Because I, I think, I don't know, kind of being stuck in that rut of just like waiting for the other person to take the initiative is like, I get it. I get why some people will do it. But then it's also like, well, no, like if I feel strongly, I want to act on it. I, don't know. I find that surprising about you, Alejandro, because I feel like you're very good at networking stuff, taking initiative. And also, by the way, since I've been in New York, I've been going out with my single friends a lot more. So I've been observing like the dynamics and people approaching. And my friend let me go on her hinge app and start some conversations. I was telling them how <laughs> Alejandro was going to make fun of me for doing that. Um <laughs> But you know what? So I was thinking about you, Alejandro, because I feel like at networking events, you are the first person to go ask somebody for their social media to try to further that connection. So I would have thought that that would apply to your dating life as well. Well, yeah, no, I mean, in like social, professional networking settings like that, like I, I love to just like, like you said, just like be the first to kind of like initiate a conversation. But I don't know when it comes to like asking someone on a date that's like I don't know I turn into like a little I don't know I, I get a little frantic and just like timid it was funny I was at the beach this weekend and uh, a friend of mine um, was just curious it was like oh what's your type oh, is what about that person what about this person and then um, there's this one guy where I guess I don't know something about my facial reaction like to this person's like arrival to being clo in close proximity to where we were my eyebrow raised a little bit and he was just like, oh, ooh, I, I saw that eyebrow raise. Like, what um, are you going to you're going to go talk to him? Da, 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 like encouraging me. And I was just like, girl, leave me the fuck alone. Like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my ass here. I'm just, no, I'm under the umbrella. Staying cool. And he's just like, oh, don't be so timid. Oh, my goodness. And then I was just like, oh, I'm not timid. But then he's like responded like, oh, oh. Well, you're you're not timid. You're just hee hee hee. Well, I'm curious about that, Alejandro. And you know, excuse my innocence on the topic, but because like uh, for heterosexual relationships, I would say oftentimes it's a guy approaching a girl. I talked about that on the podcast before. This is why Brian thinks that I'm bad at approaching people in networking settings. But like in the LGBTQ community, is it just anybody approaches anybody, or would you say that there are like? different dynamics and how you meet people? I guess the dynamics depend on like personality traits. Mm -hmm. um, there's no real like set in stone rules in terms of 
how one should approach another. I mean, it's just like, you know, that human genuine like chemistry that exists um, and that could be sparked from a look or maybe even like, I don't know, someone, something someone's wearing, maybe that could strike up a conversation. I don't know. It, it really depends on the circumstance. I don't think, I can't think of a situation in which I felt like, oh, I need to follow this protocol. But yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I love that. And I think that's what makes it fun to be able to explore. Yeah. And just like, I don't know, like I said, take that leap of faith. But um, I don't know, lately, I just I've not been in that mindset of wanting to pursue romance or dating. So I think for that reason, I was like, hesitant or not wanting to like, you know, engage in a conversation with somebody new. Did but you figure out your type? Did I figure out my type? I mean, I I like all the crayons in in the box. <laughs> um, I think that's what it came down to. <laughs> well, because I would think for you, just knowing you, that you'd be open to a lot of different physical types. But I yeah. would have thought that like you would have to wait to talk to a person to find out if you're interested. So I'm surprised you had this reaction upon seeing someone, especially with how literary you are and also like interested in language. So anyway, I would just be surprised since you have such an interest in intellectual curiosity and then also just the use of language that I'm so curious about um, this person and also if you approach them or not. Well, I mean, I was definitely interested in like engaging in at least like a general conversation about, you know, a general inquiry. Yeah, a general, <laughs> general <laughs> inquiry. But um, I think because you know, I was there with a group of friends and we were all kind of socializing. And I noticed like, you know, the the conversation just naturally went among the few others. And then I just kind of like drifted off. And I don't know, at a certain point, it just felt like, well, I don't want to be like super aggressive. Like, I don't want to jump in and like start a conversation. I didn't want the attention on just like us. I don't know. I Maybe it was like a genuine like curiosity. And maybe that's why I got a little uneasy about um engaging in a conversation but it was that is so you to me that if there was not this magical romantic moment on initial meeting <laughs> that out. there's no butterflies rainbows and unicorns about <laughs> i am out you are so boring next <laughs> thank you next <laughs> i mean i think that's real i think that's real I, I think just like how we have to listen to our intuition sometimes that that spark or that chemistry kind of has to be there um yeah and maybe sometimes I mean I am open to the possibility that like maybe it'll take work maybe we'll run into each other again and maybe we'll actually like have a one-on-one -on -one sort of moment but I don't know it was still it was fun to entertain in my mind at least in that moment and I uh, wonder what would happen if you channeled like the you that you are in these social networking events to you know, those types of situations and like what would happen if you did channel that Alejandro? Oh, I, I wonder as well. I don't like think <laughs> about it, you know, like what about like thinking of it as like a networking event as just like meeting someone like a friend? I think that's possible. That's po well, what about you? Are you typically the type to like initiate conversation or I'll know. To go on a date. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Like um Brian was asking me like if I had the most important networking event of my life, like who are the people that I would bring? And I was like, well I'd love to bring Osh, except that like she is not an approacher. Like we are waiting to be approached at a networking event. Alejandro, <laughs> he's gonna go approach. And my friend Juliana, I don't think she'll mind me saying this, um, she's just like so my hype woman, like a brief story, but um one of my new grad school uh, friends invited us to a party in the Hamptons this weekend. And um, I acted in our first Columbia project. So he was like, oh, Lauren was so wonderful in our project. Juliana, without seeing the project goes, she was incredible. She was fabulous. I'm like, girl, you did not even see the project. You have no idea. But that, would, that was what I mean, that blind faith in me that she had. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. <laughs> Anyway, back to back to Osh and being approached. That's just my little anecdote about Osh. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, I um, I get something like social anxiety or I don't know what it is, but I don't look approachable either. Like I had this thing where I talked to my therapist about it because I was like, whenever I way back when I used to go to the clubs, I'm like, I don't I don't feel like I'm beautiful or I don't have any worth because whenever this is what I'm relating it to, whenever I go to the clubs, my friends are always the ones being approached by men and nobody comes up to me. And she's like, okay, well, let's talk about that because she was like, well, you're a model. So that doesn't mean it can't can't be your look. So let's talk about Yeah, you ugly. That's probably why. And I was like, okay, like what? I don't know, like what else to like, you know, how to say that. It's like not about my looks. And she was like, what are your mannerisms? And I was like, she was like, how are your arms? And I'm like, like crossed. And she was like, okay, do you smile? And I'm like, no, because I don't want to be there. Like, I hate the clubs. And she was like, okay, so it's probably your energy that people are picking up that you're very unapproachable. And I'm like, ah, okay, that makes sense. Um, But going back to like dating and stuff, I have this fear of rejection and being rejected. And it's just a lot of past trauma that's like, you know, being trickled into my present life. But I have never really taken it upon myself to ask someone out. Like I just, the thought of that gives me, like makes me want to be sick. Which is interesting given the career path you chose that is just constant rejection every day, every minute. I know, but that is like not personal rejection. That's like, okay, you don't want me because maybe my skill sets aren't good enough or or aren't what you're looking for. Or maybe, you know, the character that you want in your head is someone who's tall and blonde, or maybe the modeling gig that you want, you want a black woman, you want an Asian woman. Like it's not, it's based off like not personal stuff. So I understand that. This is like highly personal because if you go, hey, I really like you. I love where the conversation's going. Would you want to go on a date with me or would you love to grab a drink? And they're like, oh, sorry. I just don't really see you like that. Or like, you know, then it's like a little bit more personal. You're like, oh, okay. So I feel stupid. I totally get that fear of rejection. I think that's like I mean, that was one of the reasons why I wasn't, I was like a little timid when it came to like being a little more forward or just like engaging more aggressively or like with suavity uh, to the Mm -hmm. one guy. Cause there is something about that fear of rejection that like, I don't know, as many therapy sessions as we can take, sometimes like the little voice inside just gets the best of me. And then it's like, oh, uh, the not only the fear of rejection, but then it's like, you know, the hypotheses of what could happen or um, or how the conversation can go sour, even though I have the best intentions. It's like, oh, my God, I don't want my heart to be broken, even though it's like, it ain't that big of a deal. <laughs> right, like, I have nothing to lose, really. Like, I have yeah, zero totally. things to lose, right? So, like, why am I so scared of, like, losing something that's not really even there yet? Uh, I definitely need to work on it because it does carry on to networking and stuff. Like like Lauren said, like it is really difficult for me to kind of just go up to someone unless I am under the influence. If I'm sober, it was really hard for me to go up to someone and be like, Hey, let me start a conversation with you. Like, what are you into? What, you know, what are you doing here? What brought you to this event? My brother is really good at it. And he's someone that is such a social butterfly. He's got 40 best friends and he's, he's very approachable and just like this big friendly giant. Yeah, what I was going to say is that since I've been like going out and socializing with my friends who live in New York, I noticed that like people of the same gender don't really approach each other. Like when you're at these parties and you're going out and things like that, it's really just like people who you may be interested in seeking out a romantic relationship with that people approach each other. Like for some reason, there's not like as much of a precedence on making friends. And, you know, for me, I get kind of tired seeing these uh, people approach my friends who I don't think they'll ever be interested in or um, who I feel like have bad motives on coming up to them. And also like, you know, those conversations are also just not going to be as intriguing for me. And, you know, it makes me miss a networking type environment when you could approach literally everyone, including people that you would just be friends with. Like, I feel like there's just not as much of a precedent on just approaching people to make friends when you're at a party or some type of a drinking event, at least in my experience. But the other thing that to me relates it to networking is that like, I think all the time in my career when I have to do something that's really uncomfortable 
or that's causing me a lot of anxiety is that what would my future self say about me if I didn't take this risk? Because that scares me all the time. Like if I'm in 10 years looking back on myself saying like I missed so many risks or so many opportunities that I had because I was afraid to do them, like that would just make me so sad. And then I'd live the rest of my life knowing that I missed these opportunities. So now I'm more willing to take a chance on approaching somebody who I think would be interested in interested in having a conversation or a networking relationship with. And I definitely rely on my friends who have less stake in the game sometimes to approach these people, which is another thing I was going to ask you, Ash, is like, if sometimes your friends are more approachable, people who are approaching your friends could be using that as a warm-up tactic to talk to you if you're a little bit less approachable. Because I certainly know if I see something that I have something, like let's say there's a, a network exec at a party, but their best friend is wearing a cancer necklace, you know, saying that their astrological sign is a cancer. I might approach that friend um, because I have something to talk to them about and can relate to them. And it's an easier conversation tactic to then talk to that person who I know is a network executive. So maybe that's also a tactic that they're using to talk to you if your friend's energy is coming off as being more approachable. Maybe, honestly, because we did unpack this. She was like, what are your friends like in these situations? And I was like, well, my friend's like super, you know, like just really friendly and open. And um, if someone comes up to her, she's going to talk. She's definitely going to talk to them. She's not going to just like automatically reject them and look away. And I don't make eye contact at these in these situations when I'm in a club. I don't want I don't want people to come up to me, but I'm like, why don't they come up to me? So, it, it you know. Yeah. I answer that for myself. Um, but maybe, I don't know. I, I did I did have some situations where they would go up to my friend, ask for their number and be like, oh yeah, and what's your number too? And I would literally be like, I don't have a phone. No. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> well, because you weren't interested? Not at all. Yeah. You know, that's actually funny you say that because I will talk to anyone. And like, uh, that's something that I've struggled with having a boyfriend that like, I will, if my friends are talking to a group of guys, I will talk to one of those guys. And I definitely like, you know, mention that I have a boyfriend, but I am willing to have that conversation. And I think part of that is because I go to a lot of networking events that I'm not adjusted to rebuffing a conversation. Like I'm more willing to talk to those people. And I don't know if that's a detriment or not, because like I was saying to you, on this podcast, I am getting kind of tired of some of these like mundane routine conversations where like, I'm just the fringe friend waiting as my friends find out if they're interested Mm -hmm. in somebody or not. Like just because the conversation does feel more forced and it doesn't feel like an organic conversation where you're relating to people on different creative stuff. I am curious when you do have these conversations with one of the boys in the group, do they respect the fact that you have a boyfriend or do they kind of just like not really care? I've definitely been asked for my number. And that's like another thing that's a weird moment for me, because if I were in the same situation and I was at a networking event and that person asked me for my number, I'd be happy about it. Because like under the guise of networking, I feel like there's more of an anything goes mentality. And it doesn't like if I'm at an event at like, let's say through SAG or women in film, and there's a guy there who asked me for my number, because I'm there saying I'm an actor, I assume they're doing it in a way that's going to, uh, you know, have some career type of gain. If I was in that exact same situation at a bar and somebody asked me for my number, I would feel a little bit more uncomfortable but when you're drinking and you're already in an environment where like you know you don't want to be the one who's like rebuffing this you know what seems like a nice gesture I do have a hard time with that even Mm -hmm. if I say like oh um you know I'm living with my boyfriend in New York or uh whatever it is like my boyfriend was already living here whatever I'm already saying about it for me it's a weird like switch off because I go to a lot of events that have career motives. And this could genuinely turn into just like a platonic friendship. You know, it, it, it is a weird, tricky situation position to be in because you could be like, no, I have a boyfriend. And then they could just be like, Sick. I'm just trying to be your fucking friend. Like, yeah. you know, sorry, Lauren's mom. <laughs> <laughs> just swore twice. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. It's it's that like type of tricky thing, especially as being somebody who's new here. And there are definitely people who I talk to as I'm waiting for my friends to see if they have romantic interests, who I think like are very interesting people and sometimes people who have creative interests. And 
it is like a weird situation to be like, no, sorry. Or to give like a fake number or something like that. Like that makes me feel, you know, just icky. Yeah. That's why I don't give fake numbers. I just don't. I'm like, I don't have a phone. I don't really. You do have a phone. So isn't that worse? Like, obviously you have a phone. (laughs) And the second you say. Okay, so your situation is different because this is like not in a club situation where a grimy guy is coming up to you and your friends. It's like a genuine group of cool guys who your friends are interested in. If my friends were interested in a group of cool guys and one of the guys was like, hey, you know, we're vibing. I'm single, so it's different. I would maybe give him my phone number or be like, you know what? Like, I just, I don't know. I don't really want to. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I kind of feel it out to where like, I guess it depends on like what the goal is. And like, I kind of use that to determine whether I'm going to get my phone number or my Instagram. Cause there's like, I don't know. There's a level of intimacy, I think with giving the phone number or not even intimacy, but like, if it's like super like career focused or like, I don't know, like a genuine, like, oh no, let's kick it. Let's keep in touch. Then like, or even as friends, I think mm-hmm. then, yeah, phone number is totally acceptable. But if it's like, I'm feeling 50-50 or if it's just kind of like, oh, da da da, like, it's just like super casual. Like, let's just follow each other on Instagram. Then that's a good alternative too. Um, to me, at least. I, I've never, <laughs> I've never given a fake number. Uh, just because. <laughs> I might have done in college. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let me ask you a question. Do you feel like if you're having a nice conversation, you've said that you have a boyfriend and then they still ask you for your phone number? Do you think by giving your phone number, you're sending the wrong message or doing something like rude or inconsiderate to your significant other? I think it depends on the intention on both sides. But how do you know if you're just having a conversation, you know, like Hmm. if if you you don't really know people's intention like you know you could have the clearest intentions but if they don't and you can't really suss that out just on a casual 10 minute conversation i see what you mean Mm. i went on a this is kind of relating to that because but this was like a date situation a while ago i went on a date and i think i told you guys about it but there was no sparks nothing happening in this date right it was very very casual like there no chemistry nothing and at the end of the date he asked if he could kiss me and I was like I think I told you Lauren Mm -hmm. but I was like freaked out because I'm like what what gave you that impression like there was no nothing like yeah that's interesting and especially if your body language seems to be very strong or at least like clear that's wild that he still chose to ask whether a kiss would be appropriate, but at least he asked rather than right like, in front of the valet. Oh, right in front. Oh, God. the valet guy was standing right behind me, and I was like, uh, "That's a huge." You're like here, no. and also I feel like that was weird for you, Ash, because you thought it was just like a friend thing at that point that you guys were just vibing as friends. Yes. Right. And the <laughs> other week, I had a friend who asked me, like, you know, whether I was curious about dating whether I wanted to pursue anything or if I was like in a position to like uh, explore be open to it and I I definitely said like you know I'm not seeking anything but then I'm also not ignoring if the energies or like wavelengths kind of like vibe or are synchronous you know and he started telling me about this person who <laughs> he said him and his friends had vetted and determined was a good person <laughs> and also mentioned a tall drink of water. So I was like, oh, that's an interesting <laughs> comparison. And um, I was intrigued. But then I was again, it was just another example of me just being like, I, I didn't address it after I said what I said as far as just like, I'm not ignoring, but I'm also not seeking and uh, I, part of me was thinking like, you know what, I'm just going to do this strategy of if that person asks about me again, then I'll take them up on like, you know, wanting to explore something or like possibly going on a date. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's playing hard to get or if it's just like, actually, no, it's not playing hard to get. I just feel like there's so much to do that like, it just seems like dating is such a task and to like try yeah. and explore new territory with a potential someone like no it's just I mean it's you're going from like going from like a relationship relationship to going back to like what's your favorite not really but like what's your favorite color you know it's like I don't want to do that like I don't want to do that ever again like all over again like that's just so tedious like let's talk about something that's I don't know deep and 
you know, that we can con really connect with. And it is difficult to get from what, that place to, you know, a new starting over. But once you do find that person that you're like, wow, I really connect with them, then it gets really easy and really fun. Yeah, I think that ease is going to be like the biggest factor in determining whether or not, you know, I want to explore or move forward because if it's going to be complicated or if it's going to be like hit or miss or miss, miss connect or missed uh, phone calls or whatever, like just, I don't know. But if it's easy and if it feels fluid in terms of like developing that rapport, then maybe that could be a good indication. That really made me laugh that you said that, Osh, because because I've been going out with my friends, like I mentioned, I have too been getting very tired of the mundane conversation. <laughs> So I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to start asking deeper questions um, just so I can be a little bit more interested in this conversation. So I, I was just like asking them, like, what are you hoping to get out of your weekend? <laughs> and um, I actually think this would be a good strategy because I do think there's something about cutting the BS and getting into having a deeper conversation that people respect, because then you can talk about like, what are you hoping to get out of your weekend? Like, what's your intention behind this weekend and making the decision to come here this weekend? And, you know, for me, it was to have like more of a relaxing mindset because I'm kind of in this like stressful point in my life. And I asked this to one of the people and they were like, to meet girls. And then I was like, okay, but that's, if I were seeking a relationship right now, that would have been a good answer because at least I know that you're not somebody who's willing to get down with playing a little bit of a deeper game right here and also having a bit of a deeper conversation from the mundane. Of course, you know, he was not interested in me. So he could have just been saying this because he didn't want to embark on a deeper conversation with me. But if I were somebody who had been interested in them and they said that to me, that would have been an instant red flag to me that they were not willing to play along with this game. Or even, even if I were seeking a partner, I respect people who are willing to talk to anyone and also willing to have a deep conversation with anyone. It's also like a hard thing to do in a bar, have a deep conversation with someone because people who do go to bars are probably just there to meet girls or have fun with their friends, you know? And it's like yeah. these deep conversations they say for a date, I hope. Um, so like asking deep conversations at a bar probably is the wrong place for someone to have these conversations. I mean, I'm just, this is not related to it, but kind of like my brother, he loves to like have really deep conversations all the time. And sometimes I'm not in the mood for a deep conversation. And I'm like, I don't really want to talk to you. Like, can we yeah. just like talk about like not deep stuff? Like, I don't want to answer your questions. And that's just him. Like he loves having deep conversations. So I'm glad that he found his wife and his partner, but I wonder what it would have been like for him, like going to a bar to have fun with his friends and then meeting a girl and just asking her deep conversations or deep questions. But you find your people that way, because if you are Definitely. Like a person and you want to have those conversations, then it weeds people out for you really quickly. Definitely. Like, I sort of love Alejandro's approach. Like I kind of want to give that as advice to everybody right now, listening, like, um, when people ask you, like, are you dating? Are you interested saying like, you know, I'm not like really looking for anything, but if something, um, came about that was intriguing to me, like I'd be open to it. I think that's sort of a lovely way to approach dating because it's so not desperate. It's non-striving and it's sort of just staying open to energies if they were to be in sync. And that way, like Alejandro, you know, found somebody this weekend who he was attracted to. And maybe that wasn't a situation that would benefit him or work out in the future, but it was something that he was keeping open to. And now like he, he's back in the week's mindset and he's not pressed over it. It's not something that's causing him stress. It's just a little antidote he can talk about, which I think is like a great way for us to all approach dating and making it a non-stressful thing. Absolutely. And I, I like what you said about, um, asking just like right off the bat, like, what are you hoping to get out of this weekend? Cause I too, I, I ask something similar sometimes when I'm, whether I'm meeting new friends or discussing with old friends where like, I just want to know, like, what are you looking forward to this week? Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, I think that's such a good uh, conversation starter. Cause like it can show us, you know, how a person sees themselves or what they're keeping themselves busy with. And you know, I think if there's no answer, like, then that's a huge indicator as well. <laughs> well that's your answer then, right? <laughs> yeah. And I think you could even apply it to friendships too. Like even now that I'm in grad school, like the people that I've been making friends with are people that are relatively similar to me. And I was able to suss that out within 
two to five minutes of meeting them, that this was somebody who like I could get along with. And at least for the person that I'm like, you know, referencing right now, I've had lunch with them every single day. Um, and that was just off of a two to five minute talk talking points with Alejandro. Like, I think we both saw each other as people who you could have a deeper conversation with being more artistic as Alejandro knows when I discovered him for his future artistic career, <laughs> I was also like, just thought he was such a beautiful man and like would have such a beautiful on-screen presence though. I was not attracted to him. I was like attracted to our friendship and, you know, the dynamic that I thought we could have as collaborators. So I think that like having those deeper questions sort of in your back pocket does kind of show you whether as a friend or as a relationship, the way that person could be in your life. Yeah. Well, guys, should we get to the letter? We should. Let's do it. We have, uh, dear damsels, I've been talking to this guy from Hinge for about two weeks now. I really love where the conversation is going, and I love the connection that we have formed. I'm still waiting for him to reach out and ask me on a date. Do you think I should just give up and find someone else? I have never had a boy make me wait this long to ask me out on a date. I'm now thinking that he doesn't really like me, but just wants someone to text with because he's bored. What should I do? Sincerely, not looking for a pen pal. Ugh. I think if someone is not giving you the same energy that you're giving them, like, move on. Like, I don't know. Yeah, pen pals, we're not in fucking grade school anymore. This is, we're adults, especially if you're on Hinge. Would you suggest for them to reach out and ask and be the one that's a self-starter and like ask them on a date? You know, when I was younger and single, I never would have reached out to somebody and asked them on a date. I would have, cause I, I used to subscribe to like the hard to get mentality and being sort of elusive. And I felt like that was a successful strategy for a while. But when I started dating Brian, Originally, he was pursuing me, but then after a while, he didn't want to take our relationship to the next level, and I hardcore pursued him. Like, I was very persistent in making that relationship happen, and it worked out for me, and I don't think that that's, you know, the strategy I would advise to everyone, but I do feel like if you are very certain that this would be a good relationship with you and you can see in the person, because I would say that I could see this in Brian, that it was not necessarily their lack of attraction to you or their lack of disliking you. It was more of their just like inability to bite the bullet and date you. If that, if you can read that on a person, which I could, then I think it's worth biting the bullet and asking on the date. And I think like, as we're talking about this pen pal conversation, like, yeah, it's boring just having a pen pal. You want to see this relationship have a future and be fulfilled. So then just ask them on the date because like at this point you're at a crossroads, right? Like you either take the road where you continue this pen pal at some point it drops off. They're not going to ask you on a date or you ask, they ask you on a date and then you hit a fork in the road. Either you go on the date and it goes great or they say no. And then the road stops. These are the two roads you can go on. If you want to see a future, why not just ask? Because like, unless you're in a group of friends with them, you're in a work setting or a school setting where you're going to have to continuously see them all the time. I think that's a different situation because you don't want to, you know, muddy the waters of that relationship of somebody you have to see all the time. But if it's somebody who you're interested in and they're not going to negatively impact your life afterwards, if they say no, then I think you should just go for it because the worst that they can say is no. That sounds like a smart strategy. I would literally ask this person what they're looking for because if they're not taking the initiative, maybe they're like, they want to talk and connect for two weeks before they, you know, feel like they're comfortable enough to go on a date with someone, or maybe they are looking for a pen pal. So I would just ask them like, Hey, what are you looking for? Like, you know, were you thinking of maybe let's like, you know, let's take this off the app and meet in person and see where our connection goes from there. Or were you just kind of looking for casual person to like text with is there a time frame that's acceptable to do that though because the first sentence was you know they were talking for about two weeks is two weeks like a standard amount of time to like 
ask that question like what are you looking for or like but people unmatch and like rematch all the time like you delete an app and then you rematch with somebody from my minimal understanding of apps so i feel like it's not that big of a deal to just go for it and ask them right especially like i forgot about the context that they're on an app so there's literally no negative repercussions and then you can just unmatch them i think you can block people on apps right Uh, i think you can yeah yeah, so you could just delete the match or whatever. Afterwards, if they say no, you never have to be bothered by it. Why not just shoot your shot? Yeah, and I also think with the timing thing, it's like if you have been like for in the past, like the ones that the conversations that have led to a date for me have been like, you know, we've been texting for let's say the five work week days, and then they'll be like, hey, this week, but the, in the, in during those five days, be like, hey, when are you? They they usually ask me, and it's always been like. times out of 10, they ask me, uh, when are you free this week? Um, Let's plan or like, you know, I'd love to take you out or let's get dinner. Are you free for dinner? Uh, Or they'll start with what's your favorite cuisine? Okay, great. Let's uh, let me I'll book a spot, a sushi restaurant spot or something. And that usually happens in that first week of talking for me. I'm kind of just exhausted by this whole thing. So I do, you know, like I'll take my time with it and be like, okay, can this person wait two weeks before they want to see me? And if they can, then I'm like, great. But then, you know, like I'll let them ask me on a date. Also, it's an app. So they wouldn't be responding to you and having this beautiful connection and where the conversation is going if they didn't have some interest in you because they could just ignore it. And also, again, you're on an app. So there is an expectation that like, you're going to go somewhere or that you're going to ask a date. Like everybody's intentions are very clear on the app. So I agree with you, Ash. I think that there could be some like ulterior thing that they're going through. Maybe they just got out of a relationship. Maybe they're also really sick of the apps. I personally am the constant delayer of things. I'm currently making a lot of sales on Poshmark and waiting for my uh, box of the things that I'm selling on Poshmark to get here with my movers. So when people are uh, making offers to me on my items, I've been declining all the offers because I don't have the items here to ship. Therefore, you know, those people are probably like, why is she declining my offers? Same thing here. Maybe he's out of town. Maybe there's like some other reason that he hasn't asked you on a date. There are so many other reasons for things that I think because we're so focused on situations, we make them something more in our heads than they actually are. So I think that just going for it and seeing what happens, like it isn't going to kill you. I agree with that. Mitigating circumstances aside, it is important to just shoot your shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. Ash, you Everything to so gain. Business oriented, like sitting back in your desk right now. It's like honestly, right, my back was hurting so bad. My back was hurting so bad by being like leaning forward and hunched forward in this weird position so that the lighting is good. That I'm like, you know what? I can't. My back hurts so bad. So I'm just leaning back. <laughs> Ash, I, I do have to mention that uh, on those apps, you did say that why don't you just ask a deeper question to get into it? And Look who's suddenly all into the deep questions now. No, don't get me wrong. I actually do love deep. I love deep. I don't like superficial conversations. I love deep conversations, but there's a time and place for it. And in a bar, if a guy that I'm not really that interested in is starting to ask me a bunch of deep questions when all I want to do is like have fun, then I'm just going to not be interested. Or if I'm having an edible with my brother and I'm high and he starts asking me deep conversations. I'm like, this is not the time and place because I do not even want to talk. I literally just want to sit like a stone and not like say anything. Yeah. Honestly, Ash, you need to hang out with Brian and I need to hang out with your brother because Brian has no time for my deep questions either. Like last night we were on the phone and he was like, you get five questions on this topic. Just five. If you're over five, not five and a half. I said five. (laughs) (laughs) I love Brian. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you you and my brother would get along really well i don't think you guys would stop talking not in a bad way but... silence <laughs> <laughs> okay ash but let me get a deep question out of you um as you embark on this journey in europe what are you hoping to get out of your european um trip honestly i am just really excited to spend time with myself and have the solo trip because even though i live alone in la i don't truly feel like I am alone. And this is something that I really needed. It's my 30th birthday in exactly a month. And this is the start of a new chapter of me kind of figuring out who I am, because I've been so lost in the past. And I've just been really struggling mentally in the past few months. So it's going to be great for me to just get out there. I want to figure out like, 
for some reason, Paris has been pulling me for so long. And I want to know, like, is Paris like the next thing for me? Mm. Yeah. I hear that New York is calling also. New York has been calling my name and that is common. And if I'm going to be in Paris, it's going to be so close to New York. I'm going to be, you know, being able to do that too. Also, I feel like there's a lot of modeling here. I'm going to some New York Fashion Week events um, in New York. So I feel like that's a big thing for you here. Yeah, I agree. I think New York though is, uh, I, I, I might be wrong and it might be changing and I hope it's changing, but New York was more centered towards like tall, blonde, uh, runway type people where LA is more like me and, you know, like more mixed and uh, full of color and diversity and uh, you don't have to be five foot 20 to model. Yeah, I think there's uh, New York is a really I always saw myself to be a New Yorker more so than living out in the West Coast for the longest time. And even when I meet people from New York, there's a sensibility that uh, thrives within those who are from there that I find so attractive. And so just like, I don't know, it's, it's exciting. New York is definitely a special place for sure. And everyone from there or who lives there. People always tell me that my personality comes off as East Coast, even though I really fully see myself as being an L.A. person. <laughs> you are from Philly, so that does make sense. I know. Philly yeah. forever. Uh, <laughs> Alejandro, I'm going to ask you the same question. What are you hoping to get out of your next month? What am I hoping to get out of my next month? Ooh, what I'm hoping to make as positive of an impact as I want to for there's a um a 10 minute theater production competition taking place mm. at the Maryland Monroe Theater at the end of the month that's like the preliminary round and then we have semifinals and finals in October so just working through that and oh making the most of uh networking opportunities for two two film festivals that El Marijuano has gotten into wow. we're doing um hey. Beach Thank you. Long Beach Q Film Fest is taking place uh, this Friday coming up. and Or, well, by the time the podcast episode Long comes Beach out, Q? What's the Q for? Queer. Oh, okay. And then there's another film festival that we got into in Palm Springs. That's going to be not the last weekend of September, but just before, the weekend before. Yeah, those two opportunities, I think, are going to be great, not only to celebrate, but also, like I said, to make the most of it in terms of networking and see how things go so I'm really excited to just yeah make the most of those experiences and I'm excited about that I wonder if you'll run into sassy because I know how to hack birth controls in a bunch of festivals um so if you I see the so. how to hack birth control team you should say hi to them um because I don't yeah. think they're coming to New York for festivals until October so oh you and should. what about you what are you hoping to get out of this next month just trying to figure out my life guys you know uh I just have a lot of adjusting to do a lot of settling to do a lot of like figuring out routine and getting into routine you know uprooting your life is uh very stressful and a little scary I finally mastered the subway which has been a wonderful feat of independence that that was really fun to have in your adulthood I think that taking risks is important I think that uprooting your life the way Osh is doing right now and the way you've done many times, Alejandro, is a good thing every few years because I think it, like as humans, asks us to find new courage within ourselves and um, dig deep to be comfortable in settings that are uncomfortable. And I think that's what I'm working for now. And I think it's scary. Like, did I make the right decision? Am I doing the right thing? And just knowing that if you use the skills that you've gained through your adulthood and the courage you mustered to even take this leap, that you're going to be okay. And that nothing is permanent if you don't want it to be. I love that. So much courage to do that, to uproot and to replant. But I mean, we're the shit for it. So let's just yeah. driving. Also, I'm really proud of you for navigating the subway. And I'm very confused as to how you avoided that this whole time that you were like being bi-coastal. No, because I would take it with friends, but I never took it by myself because I didn't, oh. I didn't like, I don't know. I was just scared of trying to do it by myself and like how to navigate it alone. But now I'm taking it by myself all the time and I take it with Ernie 
And um, I've gotten pretty good at it. No, uh, you're a New Yorker now. <laughs> Though my mom's like, don't take it after 6 p.m. And don't stand too close to the tracks. So I'm also not. Honestly, New York is the best city to feel safe in as a, you know, walking back by yourself as a girl um, from school or taking the train back from school to Tribeca. It's definitely a safe city to be in at night or safer than usual because there's always people around and I always feel safe. I don't like walking around anywhere at night by myself and I feel super safe in New York at like 10 p.m. by myself. Well, maybe we'll all be New Yorkers one day. We will. I'll be there. Don't worry. Two years, though, if you're going to do it, guys, because okay, (laughs) LA is calling me. (laughs) (laughs) This has actually been our 100th episode of Damsels in the DMs. So thank you so much for tuning into that. We're going to be announcing a giveaway to enter the giveaway. You do need to follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Apple or Spotify, whichever your um, podcasting platform of choice is. And then leave us a review. Very important. Leave us a review. Those are the three steps to enter the giveaway. In this giveaway, we're going to have a product from my skincare line. It is going to be the Kalahari Melon Seed Oil, which is one of my favorites. It's great for brightening and tightening and uh, good for men and women. We're also going to have two books hopefully um i can't confirm the authors yet but we're planning on having two books by two great authors who have been on the podcast oh and a hundred dollar amazon gift card which is amazing please as always subscribe rate and review on whatever your podcast platforming is aside from the giveaway because that really helps us continue to bring you episodes and please send us your letters We'll be waiting to hear from you always, as always, yes. (laughs) All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. Until next time. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Bye. DMs, DMs. We don't need them. We just leave them. Please. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.